Previously on Grape Unfind Unfiltered, we spoke with Steve Lawrence of Chateau La Corne. Today we introduce the newest project from Steve and his longtime friend Laurent Barbier called Dovecoat. In this episode, find out what a dovecoat is and ask, what do the French eat at a barbecue? Alright, off to Gascony we go. Sounds like you're going to be uh, busy uh, with what you have, but, but but you're also doing something else with some guy, Laurent Barbier. Yeah, Dovecote. Yeah. So I knew Laurent, who's from France. I knew him when I worked at Chalon. We worked together back in 1994, oh. 95, 96. Anyway. Laurent? Oh, wait, wait a minute. I think I think Laurent is joining us also. Yes, hi there. I oh, see you. Oh, Laurent, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so Laurent and Steve, uh, they are old friends. They are old friends, <laughs> and they are embarking on a new adventure, a new project called Dovecote. So, Laurent, tell us about yourself. So, you uh, actually have a you know long history in the wine biz, obviously, since uh, you and uh, Steve were working at Shalom together way back when. So, I guess it's fair to say that you're pretty much a lifetime wine industry person. At school, what I studied had nothing to do with wine. I was uh, studying uh, urban planning at Sonoma State University in, in California. And I was wow. the, the, the guy making the beer for the parties. I was uh, brewing beer. And uh, the more well, I was you were popular. Leader, yeah, I was, I was very popular. I, I was always invited, that's for sure. So <laughs> I really enjoyed fermenting and brewing things and I started making a little bit of, of wine and that I became addicted to. So I started to, to, to make Sémillon. It's funny, Steve was talking about Sémillon, great, beautiful grape. And then I also made Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot in Dry Creek Valley in Sonoma County. And that was a, cool. an amazing experience. I, I just loved it. And I really questioned my, my, my decision of studying, you know, urban planning that uh, would uh, take me far away from, from the country and into the city. And so at that point, I moved to Sacramento where I studied business and I studied a little bit of winemaking at uh, UC Davis as well. And then, um, then I started working in the wine business in, uh, in Napa. So that was, uh, that was a, an amazing experience. I worked at Stone Street, uh, one of mm-hmm. Cage's beautiful property up in Alexander Valley. And, um, and then I worked for uh, the Shalom Wine Group where I met uh, Steve. And we were very lucky because we, we sold and we were surrounded with just the most amazing wines. Um, I don't know if Steve remembers, but we did a, once a... A tasting of uh, the Shalom wines dating back to, I think, just the 1960s. And they were just beautiful Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And, and that was just a, a, an amazing memory. So I, I did that for a few years. And then I w- sold wine barrels in uh, uh, on the West Coast. So uh, French and American oh, really? oak barrels. Yeah, that was great. I worked for Nemtos, uh, Napa Cooper. What I loved with barrel making is that you realize that there is 
pretty much as much to learn about wine barrels than there is to learn about wine, and that was fun. So you're living in Bordeaux now, right? Yeah. So after you know, after California, I moved to. I wasn't sure where I was going to land. I'm originally from a little town called La Rochelle, which is north from Bordeaux, and there is pretty much no no wine there. It's a it's cognac country and and fish country. So because it's on the on the coast. And um, when I came back to France, the idea was, you know, obviously I'd lived in the U.S. for 16 years and I really wanted to work in the wine industry in France to get a better idea of, you know, the wine world. So I landed in Paris. I hated it. I landed in Montpellier. I hated it. And um, I said, you know, I mean, I've always been in love with Bordeaux. I came to Bordeaux and within two weeks I had a job and I worked for Negociant that sent me to to China to make wine for him. And uh, wow. I also bought a small property in, in Bordeaux at that time, uh, making my own wine. Then I started working for a big negotiant here uh, that makes wine uh, in the southwest of France. And I sold, uh, I was selling mostly um, in the US and Canada. And that was a, an amazing experience. And at that point, Steve came back to uh, decided to move to to France, and that's when we reconnected. And Steve had uh, a project in mind called Dovecote, and he had already designed the label, and he had quite a few ideas about the project. And I was always excited about making wine and blending wine, and he said, "Why don't you join me for for that project? It would be a great partnership." So that's what I did, and that's how pretty much Dovecote came to existence. So, and that was the beginning of my my life here so and as steve said it's a pretty amazing place to to live so i couldn't yeah, complain it sounds like it. hey you're not related to the rene barbier family or whatever yeah it's a good question so i was um at a tasting a few months ago in bordeaux and i met i see rene barbier and i've been confused you know obviously because of my last name with with, with them for for many years and so i went over mm -hmm. to their table and, and we started chatting and uh my family is originally from Normandy, and uh, yeah. Rene Barbier's family is actually also from Normandy. But you know, as far as we know, we have no uh, connection. But he's uh, he's, he's French uh, as well. Okay, that clears that up. So Dovecote was Steve's idea originally. Hello, Laurent, are you there? Hmm, I think we lost Laurent. I don't think our technology is working. Maybe he's in a tunnel or something. Okay. I guess it's just you and me, Steve. So the name Dovecote, where does that come from? So in this region, there are a lot of pigeonniers, as the French call them, or dovecotes in the English language. And um, they're a symbol of, of wealth, and they're also a very practical building because you store your pigeons in there, and you also store your um, winter um, food supply for the summer. Oh, really? Yes, <clears throat> really. And uh, they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they would store the grain in there, obviously in a separate um, room from the uh, pigeon. Yeah. And they are protected from rats and mice by being elevated. So it's a very useful building. They're also very practical and they're very beautiful. And you have to be an aristocrat to own one originally. Um, you couldn't just put one on farm. So they're dotted around the southwest region of France. You'll find a few in other regions, but they're all over here. So 
to me, that was a symbol of the region, and I wanted to do that as a kind of identifying marker on the label, the brand, um, as opposed to just some old chateau with, you know, or some winery or domain. It's kind of much more interesting. I'd agree. I mean, having an old chateau is just, you know, another chateau, I guess, unless there's something special about it. Right. Do either of you have a dovecote on your properties? No. Not yet. Just put that on the list of things to do. Okay, so why Gascony? I had originally looked at buying a property down in the Shares, which is the region south of Bordeaux, um, that makes Van der Peter Gascoigne. You were thinking about buying the property? I was thinking about buying a property down in uh, the Gascoigne, yeah. And then uh, my mother came to visit when I was looking at the property. And um, she's, she's like, you know, it's half an hour to the nearest supermarket. It's an hour to the nearest doctor. If you want to get on a train or go to Bordeaux, Bordeaux is like an hour and a half, two hours away. It was just so far away from everything. So she talked me out of it. And I'm glad she did because it was a result of traveling and being on a plane all the time. You just want to be away from people. But I still kept the idea of doing the wine with a name, Dovecote, that I came up with when I was doing the business plan for the property down there. And so I shared it with Laurent and uh, we've gone into business together. We've created Dovecote. Is a Sauvignon Blanc and a rosé, and um, I guess the reason is that this this farm with five acres, and even though we we rent out the old farmhouse um, on Airbnb, doesn't quite cover our nut. I think is the expression. So the Dovecote, mm -hmm. the extra bit of business, and there's a couple of other brands um, to follow. We we have um, La Fermette, and uh, well, two other brands that are secret right now. So those, using my distribution relationships, those are important for me. We, we had a lot of fun creating Dovecote from the two different soils in the Gers. And the Sauvignon Blanc is super delicious. It's a wine that I would just, well, I do. Um, it's, you can just drink it all day. It's just delicious. And the rosé has been surprising. Um, may even be better than Sauvignon Blanc for just everyday drinking. So this is a, a, all about the package because American consumers aren't looking for Van der Peter Gascoigne. But if you brand it as Dovecote, and it's a, it's a really attractive label, I think it's going to work really well in the U.S. Yeah, the wines just showed up, and uh, they look really, really nice. And you know, I agree, the Sauvignon Blanc is clean, crisp. I mean, in the whole package with the white, you did it spot on. So Bob Johnson, who is the designer of the label, and one of my best friends. He's done so many really fantastic labels, and he's he's publishing a book with all his labels in it. He's going to put the Dove Code in there, and he thinks it's one of his best. I gave him no brief mm. at all, if you can believe that. I said, this is the name, and this is what a Dove Code looks like. And he, he just went completely artistic on it and just came up with something. First try. Can you believe that? We didn't mess with it, you know? Often people say, oh, you know, I like... This picture over here, why don't we put a little bit of that in with this picture over here? And they mess up with the designer's purity of design. So we kept the purity of it. And you agree, right? It's a really great package. No, it's really nice. I've had you know really good response so far. Good. So this is Cote de Gascogne. Uh, where is it being produced? I mean, obviously Gascogne, but uh, is it from some specific vineyard? It's made by a calf co-op. And the vineyard that I was looking to buy sells to this calf co-op. And oh. 
they, they make a lot of wines for a lot of people. And Laura and I went down there, we had 144 samples um, in front of us in wow. a, a morning. And so we we created a blend and then we came back next day and redid it and we ended up pretty much exactly the same blend. So we did something that the other the other people that buy from the Calf Co-op didn't do. We went down there with the idea of what it should taste like in our mind. And then we found that they've got two different soils, basically Bois Blanc and um, I forget the other one. There's a hot soil and a cool, cool soil. So we actually blended the Sauvignon from those two regions. There's a tiny bit of gross mincing in there as well, which really helps. It's mm. a little spice. And um, we, we just love this blend from day one. And uh, even the winemaker was like, yeah, that's a nice blend. And then another property that where Laurent used to work makes 500,000 cases of Sauvignon Blanc at that property. Um, they tasted our blend and they were really impressed. So Cool. Uh, is there anything special about the farming of the vineyards? I mean, are they organic or anything? Well, I think the key part is a cool climate. That's, that's the trick. It's a cool area. It's a cool climate area. You think because it's south of Bordeaux. Hmm. But the cool air comes from the Pyrenees, and you get fog till morning, oh. so you don't get sunshine. You get a long growing season, but a short growing day, just like New Zealand. Hmm. That region, they make Armagnac, and um, when you mm-hmm. distill something from grapes, if there's any chemicals in it, then the uh, distillation picks that up. It basically times it by nine. So if you've got wow. any, any, anything, any impurities in the wine, you really notice it when you make Armagnac. So this region is very clean. I'm not saying it's organic. I'm not saying it's completely free of glucophate, but it's a very clean region um, in terms of wine growing and vineyard management. These wines are what everybody wants to drink. This is what everybody drinks around here, even in Porto. Tarake was the first winery to really like hit the world stage. They have one thousand hectares. They make millions of cases. Wow! Um, so this is up against Tarake, really. How much was uh, produced on the first go around? We did a container, so we did five hundred cases of Sauvignon, five hundred cases of rosé, and I think you got about four thirty of the rosé and four fifty mm-hmm. of the Sauvignon Blanc. And the rest we kept here, sold to friends and family, and it's all gone. So we're ready to do our second nice. second bottling. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what's in the rosé? So um, it's it's white wine, Sauvignon Blanc, um, with the little gross mensing, and it's got some red wine added. Okay. Only way you can make it um, in the Van der Pede Gascoigne. Even though the appellation is rosé of France, it's Van der Pede Gascoigne. Um, it's at the same co-op, and um, it's not Seignon. Um, like a lot of rosé here, it will be that. You add in a little bit of red wine to get the color, and it's Merlot that's added in. And um, that wine blows everybody away. I actually looked at it one day and said, oh, somebody's cheated. There's only 70 centimeters, because it just went down so fast. <laughs> well, that's the way it should be for a rosé. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretentious. No sitting around thinking about it too much. Just enjoy it and watch the bottle get empty. Yeah, it doesn't break out the Riedel glass. We all have some no. rosé glasses here. They're, you know, not really fancy wine glasses. It's a beverage. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's a beverage. Yeah. Oh, hey, quick question. So you have this jeet. How much does it cost to rent? So it's about 100 euros a night. 
$110 a night. Wow, how many people does this need? It has a um, really large bedroom with a double bed for two, and then in the living room there's a double-size pull-out couch, so we often have four people here. Is it pretty rented during the summer? It is, yes. There's a couple of days here and there between groups, but we get people from all over the world. We've had Australians, South Africans, Danish, Americans, English. It's really fun. You get to meet some really nice people too, which is great. And it's on Airbnb wow. as, as Chateau Lacourne. Can they access it through your website also? Yes. That sounds really cool. I want to go stay there. Maybe I can go there and help you uh, prune or pick some grapes or something. Yeah. <laughs> How far is the uh, the nearest village? So, Le Pien-sur-Garonne, we can see it. I mean, it's a five-minute walk, two-minute drive. And then we've got down the hill from us the big city of – well, big city – small city of Langon. Langon has a TGV station. Um, it has a motorway exit. Um, has hospitals, you know, supermarkets, schools, colleges, everything. It's a, it's a 15,000 people um, city. But the key thing is it's on the TGV line to Bordeaux. So it's 25 minutes to Bordeaux. And Bordeaux is two hours and four minutes to Paris. On the, TGV. Uh, the TGV, that was such a game changer for, you know, rural France. Yeah, and the really booming thing is the city of Bordeaux. This is a bedroom community now for Bordeaux, just like wow. Napa for San Francisco. So a lot of companies have relocated their second office in France here, and all the dot-com and all the advertising agencies are pretty much moving here because this is so vibrant a city, Bordeaux. And the wine is now secondary. Wow, boom time in Bordeaux. Okay, cool. Well, I think that kind of covers everything that we need to talk Great. about. Thanks again to the both of you, Steve, Laurent, for uh, joining me on my adventure to Bordeaux slash Gascony. What are you up to now? I'm about to have a barbecue. Taste some wines with my friend Laurent. Oh, fantastic. Uh, what are you going to barbecue, burgers? No, uh, we're in France, man. Cuisse de caille. They are um, quail legs on a skewer. And um, it's a local specialty. And I think we've got some uh, duck burger as well uh, that's made from duck breasts. Right. Yeah. That does sound French. Wee yeah. wee. Oui, oui. oh, sounds good. Uh, do you have any parting shots? My parting shots is the word adishats. And it's a Gascoigne word for goodbye. Adishats. Adishats. Well, thanks a lot again. Uh, enjoy your barbecue and adishats. Exactly. Cheers. Well, there you go. Dovecoat. Coming soon to a city near you. Thanks again to Steve and Laurent for taking the time. And excuse the technical difficulties we had. We're using an app, and apparently the conference call part didn't work too well. Oh, well, next time. And what about that barbecue? Quail legs and duck rest burgers. Hmm, I can get used to that. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have a good week. And, mighty shots! <laughs>